Great to have you guys this morning. Uh, my name is Xi. I serve as executive pastor here at the City Life Church. Um, welcome up all of you here. Uh, those of you watching us online, great to have you guys join us this morning. Um, before I go into uh, service, I mean the sermon itself today, I want to begin by just acknowledging some wonderful group of people uh, that I, I, I love, and uh, they are our uh, contributors of our starter, our daily devotional starter. Stefan, where are you? I told you I'm going to call you out again. Is he here? He's not here. Um, if you don't know, our church actually has our daily devotional. I'll call clcstarter.com. Uh, we actually are going through uh, this series alongside with our sermons. So if you are not, if you didn't know that we actually have our devotional, I highly recommend it uh, because it is really, really good. Um, not because you know, I'm, I'm boasting our writers, they're just great writers, but really the one criteria that we actually have uh, for our contributors is only one, they have to love God's word. And that's it. And so, you know, you, when you actually read uh, these uh, uh, wonderful contributors, writer, as we go through this series, I hope that it will bless you or so, okay? Let's get right into the service today. Let's go into the text today. We're going to read from Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. We're continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount. So we will read the text together, and we will uh, spend some time in the Word together, okay? Sounds good? Okay, Matthew chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Language has meaning. Language has meaning, especially when we're talking about the Bible and the Scripture. In modern days, one of the greatest peril is that we do not read the Scripture with the original author and original audience in mind. Due to that reason, we will interpret certain words in certain way. And in a way, we'll get a different understanding or different interpretation of the text that you sometimes read. It is utterly important for any student of the Bible to make sure 
that you first visit the original intent and the original meaning of the verse. How do you do that, you may ask. We actually offer many different ways in our church. We, tell, we do hermeneutics, which is the science of interpretation, or even just simply how to read the Bible. I think a lot of times, because words, the meaning, through the history, through the time, actually change, when we read the scripture today, then we will interpret, if we try to interpret based on our understanding, the modern interpretation of certain words that you understand, that you will arrive with a different interpretation. So for example, we, first week of our series of the hashtag blast, that's what we're going through right now, is that we, if we misinterpret this word, it will, you will arrive at a different meaning. Matter of fact, if we go with the word, the blessed, based on the modern interpretation, where many of the famous people quote or tag, hashtag, blessed, we might arrive at a different meaning. And here is the biggest issue. If we read the Sermon on the Mount, which begins with the word blessed, and if we go with the modern meaning of what being blessed is, then it will contradict, actually, it will contradict the things that Jesus actually said. Here's why. Hashtag blessed, poor in spirit. Right? Hashtag blessed, mourn. Hashtag blessed, persecuted. What? What's that even mean? I thought blessed means just well-being and the health and the monetary and the financial well-being of myself. Well, that's the modern interpretation of that word and how we will use that word many times. I'm guilty of it. But it is always important for us to, when we are reading a verse or the verse, Bible passages, it is utterly important for us to make sure that we understand what author actually meant, the original intent, and the audience of that time, how they received this word. Clear? And so we talked about what word blessed actually means. And it is a Hebrew word called asherah. If it doesn't roll off your tongue, it's okay. It's a Hebrew language. There's a lot of gutturals. So it's difficult to pronounce some words. But asherah is interpreted as blessed in the Old Testament. So we actually examine many words in Psalms. Every time it actually appears, it actually has some connection to an individual. Individual that had, here's the key, that had a relationship with God. That title, that word blessed, the meaning did not, it has not been given to people that did not know God, that did not have a relationship with God. This blessed was only being given to those who trust in him. And so if we try to interpret this word blessed, you actually in Hebrew language, every word has the root word. And the root word of asherah is ashar, aleph, shah, and ro, resh. 
And those three words is the root word. The meaning of that word is interesting. It is to be straight. So if you think about the word ashar, it is a straight path. Straight path. And so here is Ji Yun interpretation. Asherah is a person that is in perfect align with God. Blessed is a person who have a covenant relationship with God and in perfect alignment with God. And that is considered blessed according to the Bible. Everybody got it? It is utterly important, and here is why. Because if we do not interpret this rightly, then rest of the verses will not make sense. And so it is utterly important for us to do so. It is critical to know the meaning of the word bless in order to fully grasp the meaning of the Sermon on the Mount. We have discovered that first week that we talked about the poor in spirit. Now, the poor in spirit is a person, actual person, that we define as a person who is spiritually bankrupt. There is no way spiritually is lost individual that there is no way to be filled spiritually. And following we, we talked about those who mourn. Pastor Chris draw a beautiful picture of those who mourn over their sin, the depravity and the effect of sin will be comforted. It's this beautiful picture of a person that is, is getting to know God that is called blessed. And then in following and after week, and then that week after that, we talked about the character traits, and he goes into some character traits such as humility, righteousness, and last week, Casey mentioned about the mercy and purity as part of this person, the character trait of blessed. Today, we're going to be talking about the peacemakers. But before we actually get into the peacemakers, I would like to talk to you a little bit about uh, this interesting statistics that I found. Uh, from Global Peace Index, because words has a meaning. So let's talk about peace for a second, okay? So Global Peace Index is produced by an Institute of Economics and Peace. The Global Peace Index is the world's leading measure of global peacefulness. This report presents the most comprehensive data-driven analysis to date on trends in peace, its economic value, and how to develop peaceful societies. The GPI covers 99.7% of the world's populations using 23 qualitative and quantitative indicators from highly respected sources and measure the state of peace across three domains. Number one, the level of a societal safety and security. Number two, the extent of ongoing domestic and international conflict. And number three, the degree of militarization. The 2021, the Global Peace Index. Okay? 
according to this index, the five, don't, don't, don't you dare, not yet. The five most peaceful countries around the world, I want you to start jotting those down because you're not going to guess this. Ain't no way. I, my wife got it all wrong too, by the way. I asked her, what country you think is the most peaceful country in the world? And she got it all wrong. Not, she couldn't even name one. And I asked other people like in last service, and they said the same thing. What? Why is that country in there? Okay, so have you made your, did you jot it down on your brain yet? Okay, you ready? The five most peaceful countries in the world. Number one, Iceland. Everybody, how, how many people uh, guessed that one? Okay, none of you. If you did, no, you did not. Number two, New Zealand. Huh? Iceland and New Zealand make sense. They're islands. Nobody can get to them. Uh, <laughs> number three, Denmark. Number four, Portugal. And number five, Slovenia. Okay, these are according to how many did you guess? Yeah? Yeah, probably none. If one, maybe, yeah. But here are five last, the last five. Now, I want you to start thinking. Actually, a lot of people guessed this one right. Anybody want to guess? Just one, just one of you. What is the worst place? U.S., no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. U.S. is, yeah, it's in the bottoms, but, you know, still. Anybody can guess? Where? Russia, okay, so it's, it's 2021, guys. The war hasn't happened yet. 2021. All right, here are five countries. You ready? Number one, Afghanistan. Yeah, everybody can guess. Number two, Yemen. Number three, Syria. Number four, South Sudan. And number five, Iraq. Okay, four Middle Eastern countries. And we're actually going to Israel next month. Uh, has nothing to do with it. Israel is a nice and peaceful country. It's like an oasis in the middle of the Middle East. Uh, we're going there. But these are the five not-so-peaceful countries around the world. Now, again, I told you earlier, the words have meaning. So when you think about peace, most likely the first thing that came to your mind is the world peace. Yes? Oh, just agree with me, okay? <laughs> that you probably thought that I'm talking about the world peace. And, but here's the problem. If I'm talking about the world peace or this interpretation of the word, then what is a peacemaker? Are the believers supposed to go out of this door and start making, start pursuing world peace? It's a noble task. Absolutely, we should. I don't think it's possible, but we can. Is that what we're after? The quick answer is no, because the word has meaning. And because the word has meaning, we have to go to the original word to discover what that is in order that we may apply or what that it looked like in our daily life. So who are the peacemakers? That's the question. Who are the peacemakers? And that's the question that we are going to attempt to answer this morning, okay? But before I do, before we actually get into what is the peacemakers, I would like to do it backward and say, let's answer the question of sons of God or children of God. Because according to Jesus, blessed are the peacemakers, but they shall be called sons of God or children of God. So I'm going to use it simultaneously, sons of God and children of God, okay? 
We have to first be assured what does it mean to be a children of God. Because once we understand that, then what peacemaker is becoming is because our responsibility. Does that make sense? But without first grasping the idea, grasping the understanding of the what does it mean to be a children of God, then there is no peacemaking at all. You will go and do the world peace thing. But there are specific mission, and there is the today's word out of all the Sermon on the Mount. The peacemaker is the only one that is missional. There's only one that is missional. Every other Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitude has to do with the conditional things. But only the peacemaker is a calling, duty, responsibility of the children of God. Okay? So let's talk about children of God first. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Scripture tells us, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right. Say, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. This verse starts with but. It's a conditional. But there means there is another side in verse 10 and 11. Scripture tells us that he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, his people, and his own did not, did not, did not receive him. But, here we go, as many as received him, he gave the right. There is a conditional statement for you to be a children of God. There is a requirement of a believing in the Son of God. You cannot, because you know there is this today's postmodern world, everybody's a children of God statement. I'm sure you heard that before. Scripture does not tell that story at all. Scripture actually gives us a clear understanding who are the children of God and who are not. And if we miss that, and somehow, when you're talking to some individuals that we are all children of God, you can point them to the scripture and say, no, it is conditional. There are those who actually believe in Son of God that is considered the children of God. There is no other way. Not every religion points to God. No, no, no. According to the scripture, according to the Bible, the word of God has been given us. It has given us a clear understanding of that. Now, that might offend you because that might be something that you heard growing up. But we cannot dismiss the idea. We cannot dismiss the hard sayings. Somehow, we're all equal. God is the one who sets the terms, not you and me. The earlier that we grasp and understand that, 
the better we will be equipped to go to the world that is looking for the answer. If not, you'll put a coexist on your bumper sticker real quick. Because everybody, all the religions are the same. For you to become a children of God, you have to believe in Jesus. Now, now that we answered that question, can we talk about peacemaker? In Psalm 34, 14, Scripture tells us, depart from evil and do good. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace, shalom, and pursue it, radaf. And these two words that's been combined became a peacemaker. And a lot of the scholars point to, because this peacemaker does not appear in all throughout the New Testament. Sorry, only appears once. But we see the character of what peacemaker actually looked like. The greatest example of a peacemaker is Abigail. Everybody know the Abigail story, story of Abigail. One who is willing to go and make peace with a two different party. But I don't know about you, that is not popular. Being a peacemaker or pursuer of peace, I will actually use that word better. I think that is more better translation than that, peacemaker. Pursuer, for you to be a pursuer of peace, there are the list of danger, rejection, and even, sorry about this, death. History is very clear that all throughout the history, it is the peacemakers that are hated by the both. Isn't that true? In time of Jesus, there were a group called actually peacemakers. There were actual group. You also had this extreme militant group called zealots. Isn't that funny that when we look at the disciples of Jesus, that you see a zealot and a tax collector. That is complete opposite. It's kind of like Republican and Democrat. That they don't agree to anything. You think somehow we're the only one that's experiencing this now. All throughout the history that has been the case. But what makes peacemaker different is quite interesting. In the time, in the time of Jesus, peacemakers understood the time. These are godly people, number one. And number two, they understood time. See, they were under the Roman rule. There was superpower of nations at that time. And they understood that they cannot defeat Romans. And so what do they do? They try to make peace between the Romans and the Jews. But within that realm, when you are attempting to make a peace between the two, 
Many times they were paid with their own lives by the extremists who they didn't want anything to do with the Romans. And that's historical. There's a group called Sakari. You can look them up. These are actual group of people. They were zealots, but they're a little bit advanced zealots. They're ultimate militant. They're terrorists. They're terrorists at that time. And they killed the peacemakers. And if you even attempt to make peace with the Romans, you are considered as betrayers, traitors. Sounds a lot like things that are happening right now. There's nothing new under the sun. All throughout the history, that has been the case. Seek peace and pursue it. So what does it mean, shalom? Now, we have discussed about the world peace, and even when I was talking about the peacemakers, actual group of people trying to make a peace with the Romans and whatnot. Is that what the Bible is after? Is that something that God is after with us? I think that's a good question for us to ask. The word shalom, the meaning of this word, is completeness, soundness, and wholeness. Let me say that again. The peace in the Hebrew text on the Bible, context of the scripture, means complete, sound, and whole. Peace is so pleasing to the Lord that the godly are enjoined to seek diligently, as we have seen in Psalm 34, 14. It is also the characteristics of God's people. It is the characteristics of God's people. So as the children of God, that's who we are, we are to pursue this peace. Question is, why? Why should we pursue this peace? Why should we be a peacemaker? Answer is quite simple. It's not complicated at all. The reason is, is that God has made peace with you. God has made, first and foremost, made peace with you. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's by grace, through faith, not of your works, that none of you can boast. That's actually in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. And it is because God has made a peace with us now as a children of God who have received this peace, are called to go and make peace and pursue peace. Does that make sense? Clear enough. The essence of the gospel may be expressed in terms of peace, including the peace of reconciliation with God, and the peace of fellowship with God. 
And with this peace, the believers are called to make, called to be the maker of peace by pointing people to Christ. It's so missional. See, God is not only concerned with our own peace. You know, Kayla was gracious enough to share earlier about the being hoarded, holder of a peace. It's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to just, uh, you know, I'm tapped out. I can't give my peace out to anybody else. It's easy to say that. If you make that to be a, some form of emotional state, then yes, then you always run out. Oh, living in this world? Oh, there's just no way. You don't believe me? Just turn on the Fox News. Just turn on CNN. Well, you know what, I, I would just be easy on you. Just turn on the local news and how it starts. Breaking news. Something is happening. There's a war happening across thousands and thousands of miles The peace is being zapped every single day. If you interpret that peace to be your emotional state, yes, then you will be empty all the time. There's just no way. How can you keep it up with this world where constantly there's rumors of wars and there's a strife between one party and next? No one can agree to anything. This country is so divided. If you really look into it, does it really something to be divided about? Here's a question. The tension are always there. They are always challenging our mind and our thoughts. And the peace is always taken away. But the question is, I don't believe what Jesus is talking about here. As much as I long for the world peace, I think it's of noble cause, again. But I do not believe what Jesus is talking about is the outward peace. What he is concerned with us and the world is our soul being at peace with God. And yes, this peace embodiment of peace have arrived 2,000 years ago. And it is through him that we are able to make peace with God. There's nothing you and I have done to earn that peace. There's nothing we can do to earn that peace. And if we try really, really hard to get that peace on our own, you will come empty. Because that peace can only be given, only can be given by God himself. C.L. Feinberg said it this way. The innumerable blessing of the Christian revolve around the concept of peace. The gospel is the gospel of peace. Christ is our peace. God the Father is a God of peace. The inalienable privilege of every Christian is the peace of God. Because of the legacy of peace left by the Christ in his death, these blessings are not benefits laid up in eternal glory, but only but are present possession. It is available for you and me now. 
Thus, peace is a conception distinctly peculiar to Christianity. The transcoral state of the soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly law of whatever sort that it is. I believe that we are called to be a pursuer of peace. You and I have been given a responsibility to go and bring this peace to the world that are desperately seeking for that peace. What this world is looking for is world peace. What we are pointing them to is their peace with the Father. If you can have a world peace, uh, perhaps, by many means, perhaps, but your soul will never be at rest until you make peace with God. And it is not like that answer isn't available. You see, Christ has already done the work. It's finished. When he stood up on that cross and the word is finished, it is finished. It meant so much. It meant so much. The long-awaited possibility of salvation is here. No longer you and I need to look elsewhere to receive salvation. There's nothing that we can do to somehow have peace with God. Christ, when we believe in him, it is a privilege and the right that's been given to you and me. And that is the peace and the pursuit of peace that we are called to be. The peacemaker is a person who actively and intentionally pursues peace. And that's who we are called to this world. In Colossians 1, 19 and 20, It says, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullnesses should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. And finally, in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, but I will start at 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This new birth, this new beginning that God can provide and God has provided in our life. But let's don't stop there. Let's continue. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, 
that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who know no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are the answer. to your neighbors, to your co-workers, your classmates. This message of reconciliation can transform a person's life as it has done to you. Do unto others. World is waiting. Outside of this wall, outside of this church, people are desperate, looking for an answer that they cannot get from this world. But you have been given this message of hope, the message of reconciliation, and the peace, the everlasting peace that's been promised to those who believe in His name. What shall we do? Shall we be the church that hoards this peace? Or will we be a God's people, the children of God, pursue intensely to the world that's desperately looking. My prayer, our prayer, is that we be His people that brings many sons and daughters back to Him. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we Thank you for this message of peace. Jesus, you have come to the earth to make peace possible between man and God. And now, Lord, you are calling us to go, to go to the world, the world that is seeking and desperate the peace I pray that Lord that you will empower our people that you empower us God to share the good news to share the message of hope share the peace of God which surpasses all knowledge understanding that peace the everlasting peace that only you can provide let us take that message to the world I thank you, Lord God, that we will 
take that responsibility and run as long as we live. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.